morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we don't have much to recap. Uh, Obviously, we had the weekend off, uh, but we will preview this coming weekend's game, the final home game of the regular season against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Joining me tonight, we've got Mr. Bill Toomey, Bill TNJ. How you doing, Bill? Joe, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a rough week for Red Bull soccer in general, but uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a very apt way to describe the last uh, seven or eight days. Uh, rough. Rough is right. On the plus side, Daniel Royer is going to be coming back soon, so hopefully things will settle down a little bit for the senior team. It's about time he's coming back, so... Uh... I think he couldn't come back at a better time, so hopefully that will definitely be good. Although, does it ever feel um, right during the season if you don't have a huge amount of fans with pitchforks and torches ready to burn everything to the ground? (laughs) That's true. It always feels like we have a key player that's injured and and out, so the team never feels like it's fully complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully agree with that. Uh, To help us... Uh, preview this coming weekend's game against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. We've got Mike Sparks, the co-host of the Mongols podcast. Mike, how's it going? Good, guys. How are you? We're doing, yeah. Doing good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're we're both sitting underneath that playoff line, so I'm I'm with you in the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel you. That is a very good place to start. I think um, maybe the teams uh, have... um, Similar fortunes in terms of where they're sitting, but uh, current form uh, maybe favors the the Red Bulls. But they did have a lot of home games in that stretch. Uh, what what's been going on with the the Pittsburgh Riverhounds? Oh, what hasn't been going on with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds? This has been a uh, you know a, a crazy season um, in a number of ways. And honestly, you know, as fans. The past month really hasn't been great to us, um, which is disappointing because the month before that, I think we went um, lossless. And I think we almost won every game over the month of July. So, um, you know, we were really getting our hopes up that we were sort of turning the ship around and all systems go and the offense was clicking and the defense was shutting things down. And then, you know, really the past few games, I think it's been like draw, loss, draw, loss, which isn't fantastic and not the form you want to be in heading into the playoffs. Um, but, uh, we still have high hopes. I mean, the, the, the hounds aren't technically out of it yet. And, you know, last season they were at this point. So as fans, we have tempered expectations, but, um, we have high hopes for this team and, and the talent is there. It's just whether or not, you know, things really click and, and, that was, you know, most evident in their most recent game this past weekend against Bethlehem Steel, where in the first half they just didn't show up mentally and Bethlehem put three goals behind them. And then the second half they were like, oh, yeah, we're playing a soccer game. OK, great. Yeah, we should do this. <laughs> and they were able to get two goals and just dominated play and they just weren't able to get the equalizer. So as a fan, it's it's just maddening because it's like, wow, if we just played like that for 90 minutes like we'd be a really good team but that's really sort of been the story of the season so uh so yeah that's that's sort of where we are at this point that's something red bull fans i think can relate to very yeah much. i was just gonna say that i think we feel feel the same way with with both teams the first team and the rebels two team it always feels like they come out in the second half ready to you know kick butt but the first half of the game is already gone yeah so coming up with the game this weekend, how do you feel with Pittsburgh on the road this season? 
Um, I mean, honestly, the Hounds, most teams have a sort of a dominant home record compared to their away record. And the Hounds are really sort of balanced. The The problem is, is that part of the reason why they're so balanced is because the Hounds have just picked up a ton of draws on the road this season, um, which it's good. It's a point, but it's also not three points, which is why we're sitting where we are in the standings right now. So, you know, going to New York and knowing what's at stake, I do think that the guys will have the right mindset um, and they're going to come out and it's going to be a battle. Um, you know, am I confident that the hounds are going to come away with three points? No, just because of what we talked about. I mean, what I just said, you know, it, it's, it depends on who shows up. If they show up and they play a solid 90 minutes, which we may have seen three, four, five times this season, then I like their chances. But if they come out like they did against Bethlehem, you know, it's it's going to be a, a nerve-wrecking game, um, at least on the Pittsburgh side of things. Now, given that there's only uh, three games remaining total, two of them are at home, obviously that is a big advantage for Pittsburgh. Uh, but it is not getting a point this weekend something that is going to signal you know danger danger that uh you've got only the six remaining and it's going to take other teams dropping points uh whether it be you know at home or on the road in order to make the playoffs oh yeah no absolutely i mean you 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 look at the standings the hounds are currently in 11th on 29 point or with playing 29 games there have 35 points total. So really Bethlehem still sitting in that final eighth spot on 38 points. So just three points out of that final spot. The problem is, is that you guys have a game in hand on us. Um, so you have an extra one to play and obviously you're sitting above us in the table and still have two games in hand. And while, you know, it's easy to look at those games in hand and say, well, uh, you know, we're really relying on them. I, I don't think at least, at least in the steel sense, those games aren't gimmies. So for both, you know, both of our sakes, I think that's a good thing um, because not only do they have two games in hand, but they're against difficult teams. And that means that they're playing more midweek games, which could play in both of our favors long term. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, we, we we talked on our last show. There's there's a random betting site that we keep finding that has random stats and about, you know, what are the odds that the team gets in the playoffs? And I think if the Hounds win out their last three games, so we play you guys on the road, and this is our last road game, and then we have the Rhinos at home and we have Ottawa at home, which we feel fairly confident about those games. If we win out, our odds of making the playoffs are, I think, 85%. If we just draw one of those games, um, our odds drop to like 25%. So, yeah, to your point, Joe, yeah, this is really sort of like do or die time. So it, it, we felt that way a little bit about the Bethlehem game um, because we were both sort of in the same spot battling for the same points and we just didn't get them. So now it's it's really going to be it's on the hounds to they've got to win the next three and then they've just got to sort of cross their fingers and hope that things fall their way, which is not a great position to be in. But this is sort of where we're at right now. So we just sort of have to take it as fans. With one of the last two games being against Rochester, how do you guys feel against the Rhinos? Because I know for us, at least, we always have a uh, big rivalry with those guys, and I think we've only beat them once, Yep. and it's usually a draw for us. So the Rochester Rhinos are, is definitely a huge game for us, too. The Rhinos are so maddening, like just so, so maddening. <laughs> um, we, we played them uh, literally two weeks ago um, at home, 
and uh, we were up playing, you know, playing the Rhino style where it's just like it's literally just a midfield battle because no team was going to concede defensively. Um, and it was just back and forth and back and forth. And you just think if you hang with them long enough, you might squeak one in, which we did. I think it was like the 72nd minute. The Hounds go up one nothing, and they just try to hold on, hold on, hold on. And then Rochester gets a goal in the 90th minute. And it was just like, come on, really? Like <laughs> those three points could be huge for us right now. And we talk about, you know, you don't want to pin an entire season on one moment or one game. But as we go down the stretch here, knowing how important points are, it's very difficult to not look at that mental lapse against Rochester and think like that realistically could be the difference between us getting into the playoffs or not. So as a team, I'm not terribly afraid of Rochester. The Hounds sort of have a history with them as well. Um, Rochester are always a tough defensive team, but I think Coming to Highmark Stadium, um, the way that we played them in the last game, if things sort of shake out the same way, knowing what's at stake, I, I feel fairly confident that Rochester are going to be in the playoffs. So I feel like the, the Hounds have more at stake going into that game, and hopefully that plays out on the field. But um, I think if we're able to get three points against you guys, which I'm, I'm not in any way saying is a guarantee, then I feel feel much better about the Hounds winning against Rochester and Ottawa to close things out. Whereas I think if, you know, we come up to visit you guys and even if it's just a point mentally, I don't know where the guys are going to be for Rochester. So it's just, it's, it's going to be tough. Now, uh, when I was on your show, we talked about this. I think it's uh, unavoidable to talk about it again now because he is back with the team. Here uh, comes. Romeo Here Parks. Comes. What, ahead, yeah. what, uh, what has it been like for him this season? I, obviously, uh, his exit from the team last year was chaotic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, we talked about how we assumed he was gone for good, uh, maybe you know from the soccer field entirely. Uh, but mm-hmm. here he is. He's back. He's playing well. Uh, is he a little bit more focused? And do you know if he's spoken about the incident at all? Yeah. So when he came back, there was a lot of question amongst all of the fans. Like, uh, I guess the fans were split in a lot of ways. You know, you had sort of the one camp that was very much like we believe in redemption and we believe in a second chance. And, and in all honesty, you know, I can see that the guy made a mistake from, you know, everything that you see sort of off the field, he seemed like a good guy. He seemed very remorseful about what happened. So giving him a second opportunity, sure. Um, Then the other camp was sort of like, he could play anywhere other than Pittsburgh and keep sort of, you know, what happened off of him a little bit. But to come back to Pittsburgh, it's like, what are the hounds, like, why are they re-inviting this whole discussion to, to happen all over again? So once we got past that, you know, we had him on the show. We talked about it a little bit. And, you know, to the guy's credit, it sounded like he mentally went to a really dark place after that happened, like sort of like shut in for two weeks, didn't talk to anybody, just completely remorseful and destroyed. So feel for him in that regard. In terms of, you know, his play on the field, when he first came back, he was much more of an impact player. I think he was much more willing to take players on and, uh, and was much more of a goal threat. But... As of late, you know, we had the discussion yesterday on our show about whether or not he even starts going into these final three games. Um, he seems to be in a bit of a slump. They they have him playing uh, pretty much left side midfield 
um, where he can sort of run at the defense a little bit and try to make thing ha- make things happen. But honestly, when it comes to his shot, he hasn't scored in quite a while, and uh, most of his shots he's putting high over the net. It feels like he's just forcing it. Like we, Corey Herzog, who you know has been on a tear for us recently. You guys are obviously familiar with him from playing with the first team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Corey went through a similar slump midseason where it was like. We absolutely love Corey. We've had him on the show a number of times. The guy just works his butt off game in, game out. He's like, you always see him as one of the last guys on the field after practice, just sticking around, working on his shot. And for whatever reason, things just weren't falling for him in the game. And it, it breaks your heart, but it's like, we've got to give somebody else a chance here. Like if, if, you, if you're not putting him in the net, we got to let somebody else, you know, step in who is, and maybe you come off the bench. And that's sort of the situation that Romeo is in right now, where Things just aren't falling for him. So personally, I would almost prefer to see somebody else like a Kenroy Howell step in and uh, and start for him this week. And then maybe we see him come off the bench. But overall, in terms of the type of player that Romeo is, he he likes to have the ball at his feet. He likes to take players on and try to create space for other players on the field. Um, and he likes to have the ball in front of him running at goal. He's not a good player with his back to goal trying to make something happen. So if those things can sort of happen for him in this game, there's potential for him to be dangerous. But in terms of actually putting the ball in the back of the net, we haven't seen it for a number of weeks. So I'm not saying that you guys don't have to worry about him. But at the same time, <laughs> if he scores in this game, I think a lot of Pittsburgh fans will be you know, somewhat surprised slash relieved since it's been so long since he has scored for us. I think uh, there is no team or I guess maybe collection of teams, because I'll I'll throw the first team in this as well, that has been scored upon more by former players than the New York Red Bulls. So (laughs) I'm sure that uh, Herzog will have a complete revival and a hat trick this weekend uh, just to really (laughs) dig it in. With our luck, it definitely will happen to us. (laughs) I'm sure he won't complain about that either. Um, Yeah. So he's currently sitting on what thirteen goals right now. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, he's at thirteen. Yeah, and that's uh, each of the last two seasons, right? This is his total from last year. I believe so. Yeah, because okay. yeah, I think he's at twenty six total for Hounds in his two year tenure, which we'll take that. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I think there are many teams in this league that would like to have that problem. Yes, um, exactly. Okay, before we we move on to a more personal interview, let's get a uh, prediction for this coming weekend. Oh, geez. Um, so on our show, I sort of went way out on a limb. And I think I said 4-3, which it feels insane to me. Like, I, 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 I don't – that was just sort of, you know – it's always difficult for me doing these predictions because there's the inner fanboy of me of what I want to see. And then there's the, like, <laughs> what do I actually think is going to happen on the field? Um, so I think on my show, you know, we sort of, uh, my show on our show, we did sort of the, the inner fanboy, and I said four, three hounds, because honestly, there's been a number of times on our show where we've harkened back to that first game of the season. And honestly, the hounds have had a bit of a revival mid season where they've looked really, really good. But for most of the season up to that point, we've pointed back to that first game and been like, that's the best we've seen of the hounds. I, for whatever reason, whether it's formation, it's playing style, the two teams really seem to match up really well against each other. And that 3-3 draw in the opening game of the season was just really entertaining to watch. So I guess realistically, you know, if I take the fanboy out of it, 
considering that both teams are battling for the playoffs, um, considering that, you know, we'll talk about this in a minute, but, you know, you guys are much better at home than it seems you are away, and this is your last home game. I'm guessing you're going to want to come out and get as many points as you can. I could see this being like a 2-2 draw. Um, Like, that's the realistic side. The fanboy of me would like to see a 4-3 just back and forth insane game, which, you know, 30% of me thinks could actually happen. But so I didn't really give you a prediction there. I gave you like <laughs> two or three predictions, but uh, hopefully that works for what you guys are doing here. Yeah, yeah, I think that works. Okay, that cool. way, see, I think it's actually brilliant because then no one can point back and say you were right or wrong about. Right. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, you got all the bases covered. <laughs> Bill, do you have a prediction for this weekend? I mean, since it's a home game, we've been better at home this year. On the road, it's been really rough, and uh, we definitely need a win, I feel like, to get closer to a playoff spot. So I'm going to say 3-2, Red Bulls 2 this weekend. I think that would be a very good scoreline. I think that this could turn into um, an offensive explosion. I'm not sure what that would mean or who would be on top, but I don't think a 4-3 is really that crazy to predict. Uh, in this no, match. we've seen games like that before. So the the one thing that I'm going to be most interested about uh, is whether or not uh, the back line is going to be Hassan and Dom and Jordan Scarlett, or if Gideon Boz maybe going to be getting uh, any time uh, in there. And that could be a completely different story. But for right now, the way it looks, I'm going to say this is a three-two victory for the New York Red Bulls too. I will say for you guys, um, just something I don't want to say in your favor. But um, the Hounds' backline has been a bit shaky the past few games. And really, all season, it, we sort of had a revolving door at center back. And one of our main um, center backs, Jamal Jack, who's just been an absolute beast, is going to miss this game because of yellow card accumulation. Now, um, uh, it's uh, we call him boss. Um, it's really Gaelic Busamande um, oh, stepped in in sure. the last game. Yeah, he 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 does a decent job, but he also has a temper. So I'm 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 a bit worried about if things get scrappy, um, whether or not he might be finding himself on the bench. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Hounds are currently utilizing their third string keeper um, because our first two have both gone down with uh, season-ending injuries. So Matt Perella has done decently, um, but at the same time. The defense in the keeper situation is not what it was, you know, a month ago when we were on a bit of a tear. So, you know, the prediction that this could be a score fest, I could easily see that. Um, now, it sounds like, is there any sort of hesitation on your part, any sort of concern about your back line for this game? Well, I wouldn't say it's concern, but it is uh, a a very big difference in terms of whoever's going to be out there. Um, Jordan Scarlett has been playing as a sort of sweeper center back. Um, off of whoever has been partnered with him. Uh, and lately that's been Hassan and Dom. And Dom, very good in the air, uh, good marking players, not so great uh, with players running at him, uh, which is something that I think we saw in the opening game. Um, but Scarlett has kind of been cleaning those things up. Now, uh, Gideon Ba, who is a first-team player, has been loaned down for the remainder of the season because of um, uh, he was on season-ending injury. Uh, for the first team. They did not think he would be back. He progressed a little bit faster than they anticipated. And so he's going to be playing a number of games with the two team. He is a fantastic player, but I'm not sure what kind of shape he's in or how he will recover from his broken leg. 
Uh, so that could give me a little bit of pause in terms of, of the personnel. But he's class. He's a, he's very, very good and surprisingly uh, good on the uh, offensive side of the ball as well. He's not afraid to bomb forward and, and take shots with his left foot. Yeah, uh, um, don't don't doesn't say don't tell anybody. But, um, you know, secretly, my favorite MLS team is Red Bulls. So <laughs> I know a little bit about Bob. I know. Shh, don't don't. Keep it, just you keep heard it here us. first. Just keep this between us. I said first team. I said First team, Bill. All right, don't go spreading any nasty rumors here. Um, when you just real quick, when you said that he plays sort of a, a, a sweeper center back, do you guys play more of like a diamond back there, or is it just that he sort of sits a little bit deeper than the other center back? It just kind of ends up that way. I don't think that they intentionally play a diamond like an old school like um, uh, NASL type uh, okay. backline, but he just ends up being that guy that that is there to clean things up. He, he and he doesn't even necessarily need to do it from uh, a deeper position because he's got wheels. He's really fast, very athletic, uh, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, well, first, do you want to ask us any other questions about uh, the team before we uh, move on? Um, no, I mean, I guess the only thing that I was really looking at, you know, I mentioned how you guys have a game in hand and over us, but um, sort of looking at your record home versus away this is going to be your last home game of the season um so are you guys at all concerned about the last three games that you have to play all on the road i think you play the rowdies ocb and then i can't remember who the third one is um yeah so you got you got three teams that are all above the line how confident are you and you know at this point i've I've sort of expressed (laughs) how we're optimistic but we're not confident that the red bulls make the playoffs or not the Red Bulls, but the Riverhounds make the playoffs. How confident are you guys at this point with, you know, four games left to go that you guys can get above the line? Bill, why don't you handle this? It's it's going to be tough. I mean, right now in the East, there's so many teams that are so close together where if you get three points, you might jump up four or five places in the standings. So I'm not really too worried about Tampa Bay or, or uh, Orlando, but Rochester Rhinos, like I said before, have always been you know, a hard team for us to beat and it's on the road in Rochester and they always have, you know, a huge home crowd. But what's funny too about the Ripples too is that they always play pretty well on the road in front of a large crowd. So hopefully that kind of sticks into place for the last uh, game for them, which is the 14th of October against the Rhinos. So that's really the only point that I'm really kind of worried about. In front of big crowds, unless, of course, that's Cincinnati we're talking about. Oh, of <laughs> they, they laid an absolute egg. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you guys you guys got a good result out of them a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, well, but, yeah. but look at it. I mean, they were coming off of an Open Cup exit, 120 minutes midweek. Uh, yeah. they, they were just, they were beaten down. That was a very rough yeah. game. That's I actually called that game. That was uh, my first ever time you in did? the broadcast booth. It was awesome. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, but uh, going back to what Bill said, you know, th- finishing up at, with Rochester, uh, the Red Bulls have to be uh, hoping that they have locked down their playoff spot already at that point because that game is going to be brutal. Uh, the Rhinos uh, play such a physical and uh, counter style that that has really always troubled uh, the, the Red Bulls. And 
playing at Rochester, there's just something about them kind of shooting themselves in the foot time and again uh, at the most critical moments. You talked about how Rochester came to town and the very uh, last moment they equalize. That seems to happen every single time the Red Bulls go to Rochester. So if they are not already in a position where uh, a point or less will allow them to make the playoffs there's going to be some serious soul searching uh, within the group, you know, prior to and during that game. Yeah. Um, I guess, how do you guys feel just sort of, you mentioned, you know, especially early on, you guys talked a little bit about the first team. You obviously support the first team, you support the second team. This is a team that, you know, went off and won it all last season. For me, you know, I, I sort of pour all my fandom into the Riverhounds. Um, and then I sort of watch, you know, I watch some EPL here and there and I watch some La Liga over here. How difficult is it for you guys to sort of follow two teams really sort of in the same city with the same collection of players and, um, you know, really sort of pull for both of them at the same time? And I, I guess in your mind, how how important is it that Red Bulls to make the playoffs if the first team is successful? It's it's I would say it's less important uh, from. Uh, a growth perspective mm-hmm. uh, from a fan perspective. I, I, I constantly want to see them challenging for titles. I think that they have the talent to do it. Um, but this, the turnover that is inherent in having an MLS two team makes that very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, the number of players who were critical to the success of the team last year have all kind of moved on for the most part. You know, Ryan Mara was, was a huge part. Aaron Long is now starting Brandon in Allen. MLS. Brandon Allen, yeah. who, who I just feel tremendously bad for, Brandon Allen. He's been at Minnesota on loan all summer, has not made the bench for the last number of games, hasn't played a minute there. Wow. Yeah, that loan has turned into a sort of a disaster. Um, but because of that kind of stuff, you're going to see a, a pretty big dip in quality as you know you're rotating in new players. Uh, obviously, the back line, pretty much across the board, except for uh, David uh, Najem, uh, it's completely brand new. Uh, even with Noah Powder, you know, spot starting last year, he's still new to the squad because of how different that line looks. So there's a lot of settling down. There's a lot of individual growth throughout the season that becomes the focus. Uh, and that's not always going to align with getting results. Um, most of the time it will, and uh, that'll be great. But for players to grow and to learn, you know, sometimes you're going to have to have some of these disappointments, whether it's in uh, the knockout tournament of the playoffs itself or just not making those playoffs and finding what it's going to take to to focus for an entire season and really pull for for one another and uh, gel earlier and find those results uh, at the beginning of the season. So I'm not I'm not tremendously uh, concerned if they don't make the playoffs, uh, but it is kind of nice seeing that uh, feeder system to the first club. Uh, Tyler Adams was a huge part of the team last year, and now he uh, he and Aaron Long I feel like are the the model graduates of this uh, initial generation of New York Red Bulls two players. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've we've talked about a lot on our show about, you know, who are the Riverhounds? What is their identity? Because we're not an official sort of two team and we have our own academy. But especially on the men's side, you don't have a lot of players feeding from the academy up to the pro team. That doesn't really seem to be the role of the academy. So we've 
pointed to, you know, specifically you guys and Bethlehem as sort of like the model that we would love to see Pittsburgh adopt at some point. Granted, we don't have the first team MLS, but at least in terms of building this solid youth academy and, and having a certain style of play that transitions up to the USL team, which then transitions up to the pro team is something to be envied. So I think you guys have a lot going there. Um, I guess one last question for you guys. Um, this is something we'd like to ask whenever people come on our show, but if the Red Bulls were to lose this weekend, in your mind, it will be because of blank. Like, what do you think is the Bulls' biggest weak spot that makes you most concerned heading into this game? Bill, you go first. <laughs> I would say for me, it would almost have to be uh, Evan Loro. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's my choice as well. Uh, <laughs> wow, Joe, we're thinking alike for once. It's like you and Anthony. You never, you never think alike. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's hard because I would have to pick Evan. There's been quite a few games. I mean, earlier in the season where you know there's been some goals led in that you know definitely could have been saved, but he's been getting better. But that's definitely who I would pick. Yeah, I the, for me with Evan and Rafi Diaz, who have been trading uh, off most of the season. Neither one of those guys has done enough to to lock down the number one job. I've seen probably the most growth of the two of them in Loro. I think maybe Diaz as it has regressed a tiny little bit, um, but still, you know, he's he's still prone to these errors for a young goalkeeper, which is not the worst thing. But um, <laughs> when you're trying to get results, it can be a little bit difficult. He especially has trouble uh, when he's parrying the ball, making sure that he doesn't put it right back into danger. He is very athletic and uh, isn't always necessarily in the best spots to make saves, but will still uh, get to the ball. Uh, but again, coughs up the, those um, easy rebounds for for the tap-ins. And maybe not the best organizer on the back line. He can get uh, a little bit into the game himself and kind of shut. Uh, I guess shut up isn't exactly the right word, but he 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 tends to kind of turn inward and and become a spectator as opposed to uh, this authority authoritarian uh, backline voice, which is what you need from a, a goalkeeper. Yeah, no, I, that's that's totally fair. And like I mentioned, you know, we've gone through our own sort of goalkeeper troubles, and you know, up until the point where we lost our starting two, we had a bit of a revolving door at times because both of our keepers were so good. And, uh, you know, we, we did a lot of soul searching on the show and, you know, talked about, you know, what as fans, what can we expect? And we talked to a lot of different fans and really part of it comes back to it's difficult because it is the USL. And especially for us, we don't have a first team. So th this is like everything for us. But um, the it is a developmental league. So you're going to have guys that are going to make mistakes. But. Um, every so often, you know, you get the opportunity to see these guys really sort of grow and 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 develop. And, you know, we had Zach Steffen um, in goal for us for half of last season. And now he's off the, as the starting keeper for Columbus. Um, so, yeah, I, I get it. You know, having a keeper that may not be exactly what you want. Um, but, uh, yeah, keeping in mind that it's a developmental league, it's it's difficult as a fan, but something we just sort of have to accept. So that's fair. Yeah. All right, we got two bits of business left. I didn't really get to ask you too much about the podcast, but uh, give give the listeners who uh, have not listened to Mongols a little rundown of you know who you guys are, where you came from, how this got started. 
So uh, Mongols really started as just sort of like this pet project where um, my brother Kevin and I, uh, we used to be, I, I always say we used to be really close and that makes it sound really bad, but like we're eight years apart in age. He ended up moving to Tennessee for work. And so we would go sort of like months between talking to each other, not because we didn't like each other, but just because, you know, we live so far apart. And uh, we found ourselves at a Riverhounds game a few seasons ago and uh, we were just sort of sitting in the stands with some old guys. We had no idea who these guys were. And we just found ourselves sort of breaking down the game with these old guys and just having a blast talking about it. And so we said, you know what, like to sort of re not rekindle this relationship, but to force ourselves to have to talk to each other every single week, um, you know, without excuse, we should just like do a show. And if nobody listens to it but our mom, we are perfectly fine with that. <laughs> and uh, and really, it, it so it started, you know, last the beginning of last season. Um, and, uh, we got our feet wet doing it. And, uh, for whatever reason, you know, fans in Pittsburgh sort of latched onto it. And, uh, we, we, we sort of grew the cast of characters that are on the show. Um, we got Josh involved who is on the board of the steel army, which is the local supporters group. Um, we now have Rachel who is like taking pictures for us and writing stuff for us. And, uh, really it's, it's, it's been fantastic. I think just talking to a number of the different podcasts around at least the Eastern Conference, the level of access that the Riverhounds have given us has just been amazing. Um, you know, we've talked to a number of the players. We've had Coach Brandt on the show a number of times. Everybody is fantastic over there. So really, we just like to to get on the air and have fun and try to keep it light. I think a lot of times, you know, we've talked about how a lot of these games you can get really sort of down and heavy. And so we sort of see ourselves as that water cooler where everybody can sort of collectively get together and just sort of talk about what's going on and, and hopefully, you know, lighten the mood a little bit and have some fun with it. And, uh, yeah, so far we, we've just been enjoying ourselves and, uh, this will be really our second full season of doing it. So we're having a lot of fun. That is fantastic. Brothers reuniting over soccer podcasts. That's That's great. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, all right, before we let you go, we're going to do something that we've been doing with all of our guests recently. It's kind of silly. Uh, we call it the lightning round. Um, a couple of very quick fire questions. Most of them have nothing to do with soccer. Uh, oh, are, you, are you ready? I, I guess. I didn't know this was coming. Okay, all right, all right. Bill, all do, right, you, do, you, do you want to trade off, Bill, or do you want me to just uh, run through the all the questions? I'm fine with trade off. I'll okay. start if you want. Yeah, I yeah, feel like ahead. I need to stretch before this. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, first question, popcorn, yes or no? Uh, no. Good for you. Joe <laughs> hates yes. popcorn. It used to be yes, and now it's something where – I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what. Like I'm like 34 years old, but like as like it just doesn't sit well with me anymore. So I'll make it for the kids, but I, I tend to stay away. <laughs> Arsene Wenger, in or Arsene Wenger, out? Oh, geez. Okay, so I'm not an Arsenal fan. Um, I I loosely support Tottenham. Um, I think I'm sort of in the Wenger out category. The guy's had an amazing run, but it just feels like things have gotten stale. Um, and, and, you know, the guy, er, the guy deserves all the accolades in the world. I know this is lightning run, and I just keep talking. I'm sorry, just cut me off. He deserves all the accolades in the world, but, like, I feel like... Yeah, it's it's he need he needs to make the decision and say I'm done and walk away and uh, and go out you know with what he has. All right, fair enough. Star Wars or Star Trek? 
Oh man, my family's gonna hate me. I'm gonna say Star Trek, not the movies. Um, I I went through a really weird phase when I was in fourth grade where I was obsessed with Star Trek: The Next Generation um, to the point that I went trick or treating as Geordi LaForge. Um, had sort of the jumpsuit and the visor and all of that. Um, it, it, it was really, really nerdy. Trust me. That is awesome. Um, so that's so for that reason alone, I've got to say I've got to say Star Trek. I, I like the Star Wars movies, but um, I'm not deeply into either one of them right now. But uh, because of the costume, I got to say Star Trek. And I believe this is a landmark moment on the show no one has picked star trek yet so congratulations <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks i guess yeah sure i think it's fine i think they're both fine That's the first time joe's lost it too yeah i, I don't know if i've last like laughed like that during any of these um super mario or sonic the hedgehog Oh, my kids are going to hate me. I'm going to say Super Mario. Um, my kids are diehard Sonic the Hedgehog fans. Um, but uh, yeah, Super Mario just seems to have gotten it right over the years. Like they keep sort of doing a good job, although I haven't played the most recent games. But in my mind, Super Mario 3 is sort of like one of those yeah. best games ever. Um, whereas Sonic just feels like the same game over and over and over again. So, yeah. I think that's a very fair, fair answer. What's your favorite team to play as in FIFA? Well, okay, so here's here's the caveat. Um, I don't own FIFA right now. I I, uh, I recently pre-ordered. Uh, my kids have a Switch, so I recently pre-ordered FIFA 18 for the Switch. I'm assuming I don't. I'm I'm guessing they don't have a USL in there. Yes. So I'm gonna guess that my team is either going to be spurs or it will be barcelona um, uh you know two two tiny teams i think that's that's acceptable two, exactly yeah <laughs> i like going for the deep cuts here um, <laughs> I, I will very quickly tell you i so i wanted to pick like one of the worst teams that i could find uh and uh, bring them up to the premier league so i went to the lowest division i picked hartley pool right uh, but I, as a, a Yank, right, I said it exactly as it was spelled. So I called them Hartlepool, right? And then I spoke to an Englishman uh, who was also <laughs> a league football fan. And I name dropped Hartlepool as the team that I supported there and got quite a look and a pat on the shoulder. <laughs> good, good for you joe <laughs> fun fact about hartley pool they elected their mascot as mayor of the town wow <laughs> like that's like that's some that's some crazy dedication either that or there's like 10 people in the town and somebody just skewed everything that's but right. like that's that's regardless that's a that is a fun fact yes indeed uh mike thank you so much for coming on the show if you want to stick around for the email it's going to be very quick it's it's not really a question but uh, uh if you'd like to stick around you can if you if you want to go that's totally fine as well sure what the heck i've had fun thus far well i'll i'll, I'll hang around why not all right uh, so unfortunately, Anthony Merced is not on the show tonight. He is a lightning rod for controversy, Mike. I don't know if you know Anthony, uh, but he is—he's a well-known troll, and uh, uh, fans just are very polarized by him. It started with Harambe. Yes, uh, it's, oh, <laughs> there, <yeah. laughs> there's a whole thing with Harambe. 
I have oh, never God. ever been at a game before where the supporters sang songs about a journalist. Uh, but that is what yes. happened. They serenaded him for almost the entire second half. It it was something to behold. <laughs> I'll but, never forget that night. So I've 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 um I've told people that if they want to write in, even if they don't have questions, if they have hate mail or they just want to make some comment, they're they're welcome to. This is not one of those. I set that up like <laughs> I was gonna get into something really bad, but um just giving you some background on Anthony, if you didn't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, but so James Knoll, friend of the show, writes, This past weekend, I took my kids to see the new Lego Ninja Go movie. And the whole time I was thinking that Dave Franco sounds like Anthony Merced. Too much seeing Red Daly and Raising Bulls? And I've gone crazy? Or do they sound alike? I, th- I think that's a fair question. Um, I don't hear it. I don't hear it at all. <laughs> I tried listening earlier. It does not sound like it to me. Bill, do you have an opinion? I, I don't because I haven't seen the most recent Lego movie and I don't remember the last <laughs> Lego movie. Are you, are you familiar with Dave Franco? Hold on. Maybe I could play something real quick. Hold on. <laughs> yes. All right. I'll try to. I could, all right. This is going to be analog because uh, I don't have a good way to do this over uh, Skype. But let's see. Let's get something here. Do, 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 do. All right. The first voice is going to be Jimmy Fallon. Hold on. So good. So good. The, I, I saw the first Lego movie. It made me laugh. I loved it. It was so creative. Then the Lego Batman yeah. one. That's all my kids watch. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, we, it's, I, we love it. Cause all right. Shut up, Jimmy. Come on. We get too. So finally, uh, and so, uh, but it's really well written. There's a clever, like tricky stuff that's even over our heads. They sometimes they somehow find a way to make the humor appeal equally to like my nephews who are under the age of five as they do to us. And I don't know. How they- okay. Oh God. Okay. How, now that we've got that out there, uh, did you think that Anthony was talking to Jimmy Fallon just then? Yes. Bill? Yeah? I've, I've lost him. <laughs> All right, James, you have your answer. One yes, one no. Uh, it's it's funny to me because I've I've never heard Anthony, but I hear I hear Dave Franco, and I think of like a like a twelve year old prepubescent boy. Like is that is that what is that what Anthony sounds like to you guys? Like this is twice that I've laughed that hard today. Oh man, that's so oh, good. Gosh. Well, I think that that like we will not top that. So. Uh, <laughs> If you want to follow us, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Joe Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at BillTNJ. Mike, where are you at? Where can people follow you? Oh, yeah. You? So we're, we're at, we're at, I have my own Twitter, but uh, mainly you can find all of our stuff at Mongols, M-O-N-G-O-A-L-S. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, like I said, that's all on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. We have the YouTube page now. Uh, I don't know what the uh, <laughs> shortcut is to get there. I should probably work on that. But you can find us there. It's uh, Raising Bulls Podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can go to our website, RaisingBulls.com, and you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those places you get your podcasts. Please find us, rate us, review us. It does mean everything, and it really does help. Uh, for myself, Bill Toomey, Mike Sparks, thank you very much, and have a good night. Bye.